progress. We're up to the mission of Tzadi Hey. I just want to clarify for like the recording purposes the last little bit of the Gemara. My mission in 30 seconds. The Gemara had said that there were two people that showed up with a deed of sale that they have for a house. One had it the 5th of Nisan and one had just Nisan. Now one of them bought the house and one of them bought a house that was already sold. So if the guy who has the 5th of Nisan, he bought it on the 5th of Nisan. So the other guy he has a Nissan, so he either bought it in the first four days of Nissan, so it's his, or he bought it after the fifth of Nissan, it's not his. So the Bezdin awarded it to the guy with the fifth of Nissan because he had a definitive day. But then he wanted to collect his money because he just lost $2 million. The problem is, the Gemara says, that when he goes back to the guy who sold it to him, and he says, hey, the field was taken from me and I want my money back, the guy's going to say, what are you talking about? I sold it to you the first of Nissan, you should have gotten it. You, the other guy owes me money, not you. And he can go back and forth, back and forth. I just want to clarify this last point. And then the Gemara says, so what do you do is, you give the guy who bought it in Nissan, he has a document that says, I'm collecting for myself, and I have the right of, uh, uh, what is the right of attorney, whatever we call it, um, he has the, the uh, he has, power he's a power of attorney to, to collect on behalf of the other guy. So therefore, when he shows up and he says, I want my money, the guy says, he has to give it to Mamanashach. Either he bought it after the guy and he's owed the money, and if he's not owed the money, and the other guy's owed the money, he's collecting on behalf of the other guy, and he collects, collects the money. So that was just the last little bit of the Gemara. I just wanted to clarify that point, because I was not clear in the recording on Friday. In that situation, no, but he's gonna claim he's he's already a he's already a Ghana. <laughs> he's playing games. We can't trust what he says. He wasn't an honest guy. Uh, okay, Mishnah and Aftsadi Hey. We're gonna finish the parak and we'll start the next parak tomorrow. The Mishnah says like this: Misha Yanase Beis Nashim. You have a man who's married to two women, Umachar Esadeyu, and he only has one field and he sells it. So obviously they're going to collect that field for from for the ksuba when he dies. The Kosva Rishona Lilokeach, so there's two wives, you have Rachel and Leah, both have a claim to this field. Now Rachel's first, she was the first wife, so she has a claim first, and whatever's left over goes to Leah. But Rachel writes a letter to the person who bought the field saying, I won't collect from you. I won't collect from you. So she is not able to collect from the uh, person who bought the field. So what happens? So then the guy dies. So they need to get money from the field. But the first woman can't collect because she already said she's not going to collect. So here's what happens. The second woman collects because she never made a deal. The second woman collects. And so now she has the field. But here's the deal. The first wife now can take it from the second wife. You see, because the first wife said she's not going to collect from the buyer. She never said she's not going to collect from the second wife. And because she's the first wife, she has, a, she has first dibs. So the second wife takes the field. The first wife from the buyer, the first wife takes it from the second wife, but then the buyer takes it from the first wife because the first wife cannot claim the field when the buyer has rights to it. So the buyer, it's taken from the second. There's, there's two wives. There's one field that was sold, Rachel and Leah, and the field was sold to Reuven. Rachel says to Reuven, I won't collect from you. Okay, so Leah goes, collects it. Then Rachel takes it from Leah, because she said she's not going to collect it from Reuven. She never said she's not going to collect it from Leah. She takes it from Leah. Then Reuven takes it from Rachel, because Rachel made a deal that the land cannot be seized by her. No, Reuven is the buyer. So the buyer, or the buyer of the field. The, no, 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 not the husband. The buyer of the field. I thought I'd make it easier with the names, but I'm not. Okay, you have a husband who's dead. Right, 
Before he dies, he sells his one field to Reuven. Correct. You have Rachel and Leah who are the wives. They have to collect the field. There's a lien on the property. Correct. Rachel has first dibs, then Leah gets whatever's left over. Rachel wrote a, a deed, a, a letter saying to Reuven, I will not collect the field from you. I cannot take the field from you. Why? She wanted to be nice. Whatever reason. So Leah takes the field from Reuven. Rachel then takes it from Leah. Because she just said she's not going to take it from Reuven. She never said she's not going to take it. So now the field's in Rachel's possession. But then the buyer, Reuven, can now take it from Rachel. Because she, he's going to say, because he's also owed a field, and she already forfeited that she won't take the field from him. So she didn't take it from him. Oh, I, so, oh, so Rashi says, Rashi adds that when she says that Lushen, she obviously also said, although it's not in the Lushen, she also said she won't keep that field from him also. Yeah, so you have to add that. Oh, so then it goes to Leah, but then it's taken from Rachel, and then Reuven, and it's a circular problem that never stops. She shouldn't be able to take it from the second wife. If she's no, she could. She just said she's not going to oh, collect. That's right. That means that she can't hold it against from him. So no, it's only regarding the field in his relationship to him. So then he shouldn't be able to take it from her. Yeah. Well, so, so, so I saw the Bartanura, he adds... Um, she must have intended not only to surrender her right to collect the field from the buyer, but also to grant him the right to take it from her. He lost, she, meaning she said that you have, not only am I not going to take the field from you, you could take it from me. So it's a circular thing. So Rachel, Leah, and Ruven are just in the circular field, 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 field. So what happens? This, this is like a little more complicated than the, than the previous mission that we had with the four. Yeah, though, this four. is a little more, so it's just a circular, they're all taken from each other. The Chayzer is Chalila, until Bezin has to come in and make a Pshara. Bezin just has to make a, a compromise, because this is it's not working. And this applies to Balchayv as well, and the Gemara is going to clarify what the case is. Okay, let's start the Gemara. So she said, so Rachel said to Ruben, I... I'm not going to be able to collect from you. Din udvarim li alecha. Now, if you remember, that lashon is not a great lashon. It's not a lashon that's good enough. We had this a couple dafim ago. The Gemara says, Even if she wrote that, why is that good enough? Atanya, the Braisa says, If you use either of those Lashonos, it's not effective. Those Lashonos are not actually a, a Lashonos of transactions. They're more hopeful. Like if I say, I don't want to have interaction with you like your partners, and I say, it doesn't actually mean that I'm giving you my field. It just means I hope to never talk to you again. It's more of a hopeful lushin. It's not so. This lushin shouldn't be good enough when she says it to him. So it's a it's a side it's a side problem when she says this lushin. It's just not good enough. So the Gemara answers, uh, She did a kinyan, and according to many opinions, if you do a kinyan, even if the lushin's not good enough, the kinyan is solidifies. So she did, so Ruben, so, so Rachel did a Kenyan, I don't remember who I said, Rachel did a Kenyan that she will not collect from Ruben. So Ruben can buy the field and, and he won't, she won't take it from him. So the Gemara says, and it's effective, right? It's clearly effective. But the question is why? Why don't we say that when she did this, she was probably just, why, why can't she say that when she did this, she was just trying to make her husband happy? You have to realize she's getting pressure from her husband to do this. Because the husband can't sell the field. It's very hard to sell a field if you know that it's going to be repossessed, right? So it would help the husband's selling perspective if he can get his wife to say, I won't take the money, yeah? Wouldn't that be shady to 
No, it's like anything else. If you if I sell you a car and I owe the people money, they might take it from you. That's not being shady, that's just life. If I can't pay my bills, it might get repo. That's I'm saying that's life. So the husband wants to sell this field and he's having a hard time. So he gets his wife to make this Kenyan and to say, why don't we say that that she she just um that 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 she was pressured to do so, assuming she was. So the Gemara says, uh, even if she makes this Kenyan, why is it effective? Tema, she should just say nachas Why can't she just say, I, I I was pressured into doing this. I was pressured by my husband to do this Kenyan, assuming she was. I don't know. Assuming she was, why can't she say that? So why are we saying that it's a definitively good Kenyan, that she can't collect the money? Why don't we say that she was probably pressured into doing so? And the Gemara says, where's the precedent that a woman can do that? Miloitznan, the Mishnah says, now we're going to do this Mishnah well because it's relevant to the end of the Omid. Lokach min ha'ish, v'chazer lokach min ha'isha, no, actually the next one is like, yeah, this is not as Lokach min ha'ish, if a man sells, let's say, a woman's property, her property that she brought into marriage, so the husband does not have the right to sell it unless she has consent. It's not his field, it's her field. He sells it, the husband sells it, and then after he sells it, he gets the wife to write a star saying she's cool with the sale. Allah is no good, because we assume that she was pressured into doing so, because the sale had already taken place, she was pressured into doing so. So you see that a wife can just say, I was pressured into doing this Kenyan, so why don't you say the same thing in our Mishnah? Meaning one Mishnah says that a woman can say this, and our Mishnah seems to not indicate that she could. So the question is, can a woman say this or not? So the Gemara answers, meaning I guess the Gemara is assuming that in our Mishnah she was pressured into it because she eventually repossessed it from the other wife, so she obviously wants the field. Um, so one Mishnah, she's able to say that she was pressured into being maskim, into forfeiting her rights. The other one, she's not able to, she's not able to say it. So like, do we accept that she was pressured or not? So the Gemara answers, Amrav Zera, Amrav Chiz, there's a couple answers. First answer is Lokasha, Harav Meir, Harav Yehuda. The answer is it's a Machlokas Tanoim. Again, our Mishnah seems to indicate that she cannot say that when she forfeited the right to collect, she was pressured into doing so. The problem is the Mishnah in, uh, in Gitin says that she could say it. So what's the answer? The answer is they're authored by two different Tanoim. It's a Machlokas Tanoim, whether a woman can say this argument that I was pressured in. Do we say, do we accept that or do we say, listen, you made a kidney and you made a kidney and we don't care what, I don't care what pressure, you can't say there's pressure, you made a kidney, you made a kidney. So it's Machlokas Tanoim. Titania, Kasav Larishain, Veloy Chasmalai. This is the price that's actually again. Let, let's do this well. If a man has two fields, yeah, I have two fields, both worth $100. My wife's ksuva is worth $100. Now, if I sell both, she's going to be able to collect it, yeah? The halacha is, I have two fields. I sell the first one to Menasha. The halacha is, she can never collect it from Menasha. Why? Because there is another field left over, meaning when you bought the field, and we say there's a lien on the property, that's only if you bought the last remaining field, so you could legitimately say, I, I knew what I was getting myself into. But if you bought a field and there was another field still available, I can't collect the money from you because you could say when I bought the field, like I wouldn't have bought it had I known that I was the last property. I thought you would keep that field available. Mm-hmm. So the first field is not relevant. So I sell the first field, she can't collect from the first field because there was a second field still free. But then he sells the second field. And to the second field, 
The second field he sells, and she signs off that she won't collect. So she can't collect from the Menashe's field, and then I sell it to Adam, and she signs off that she won't collect from Adam. What's the halacha? If the ksuva, so says, well, she lost the ksuva. <laughs> she can't collect from anybody. She can't collect from Menashe because there was one field available, and she can't collect from Adam because, because she signed off that she won't. Meaning, we accept what she said. That's what Rameer says. What does Rav Yehuda say? Rav Yehuda says, Rav Yehuda says, no, she could say, I was pressured into doing so, and that's a legitimate argument. And she could collect from Adam, because even though she wrote that she won't, uh, she was, uh, she pressured. pressured the husband. Why would she sign off? Why would a woman sign off that she won't collect? Who would do that? To be nice to that guy? Who's that guy? The answer is because the husband wanted to sell it, and it's hard to sell it if there's a lien on the property. So he got his wife to waive the lien. So it's a machlekes or mayor of Yehuda whether a woman can give that argument. Our Mishnah, which implies that it cannot, is following Rav Yehuda. The Mishnah again, which says that she could, is following Rav Meir. Uh, opposite. Our Mishnah, which says you cannot, is following Rav Meir, and that Mishnah which says you could, is following Rav Yehuda. Rav Meir says you cannot make that argument. Rav Yehuda says you could. So the Gemara says the Rebbe, Rebbe, author of the Mishnah is. Although both Mishnayas don't have names, our Mishnah's are Meir, that Mishnah's are Yehuda. So that's answer number one of whether a woman can make such an argument when she waives the property, the right to possess. Amrav Papa, Rav Papa says very simply, uh, maybe it's a woman who's divorced, meaning maybe she signed that she won't collect after divorce. You can't say you were doing it to make your husband happy. There's no husband. So that's another simpler answer. The reason why our Mishnah uh, says uh, implies that she can't make that argument is because she's already divorced. Meaning, it was sold when she was married, but she wrote when she was divorced that she won't collect. So then she can't say that she was du- under duress when she wrote that because she was already divorced. Why she wrote it, I have no idea. That's the second answer. Ravashi Amar Kulur Av Meirhi. The answer is very simple. We had a kasha, which is, our Mishnah implies that she cannot say that she was under duress. That Mishnah, it's a, but that, there's a Mishnah that says you could. So we said, oh, one's a mayor, one's a Yehuda. So a mayor is against this argument of, of saying duress. The answer is, no, he's not. Rameir is against it in his case. What was his case? She, he sold one field to Menasha, and then he sold a second field to Adam. The second field, she said, I won't collect. If she was under duress, she should write it to both. Because she didn't write it to both, that shows you that she wasn't under duress. I mean, Rameir is getting into her mindset. Now, why would she write it to the first one if she really can't collect anyway? Okay. It's a, it's a Shaila, I'm not sure. But, but the point is, I'm not sure about that. But the point is that if she was under duress, she would write it to both. So the fact that she wrote it to that second one means that she wasn't under duress. But if it was one buyer, meaning if he sold it to one person and she said it, then ta- even Romeo would agree that she could say she's under duress. Meaning basically Romeo is not against the concept in all cases. He's into each case. Look at the situation. Do you think she was under duress? In that case where he sold it to two different people, but she only waived the right to collect from one of them, that implies she wasn't under duress. Because if she was under duress, she probably would have done it to both. She, if she was stressed and all nervous, she would just write it to every buyer. So that's, uh, that's what Gemara says. Okay, it's interesting. I'm not, I'm not sure. I know, it's not a gay the first one. I'm not sure. If something would happen in the second field, she couldn't then go back. Like, so it's a Shaila in the Gemara later on. Pash does not. Once you sign off, no, you can't collect from the first one. I, I don't know. It's, it's a Shaila later on in the Amid, so I'm not sure. But 
That's the Gemara says. Okay. Now, Tanan. Okay, we're going to introduce a new concept that's going to be relevant to our discussion. Rule number one, you cannot collect from fields that were sold when there's fields available. Okay, meaning very simple. If I owe someone $100 and I have a field here, but I sold another field for 100 you can't collect and repo if there's a field available. Makes sense. Even if the field available is Zibiris, is lesser quality. Still, you, you, you don't repossess if there's if there's fields still uh, available to collect from the actual person who owes you money. Okay? Very simple. Iboilu, here's the kasha. Ishtotiv b'nei mahu of mimishabdi. So, what if the person buys the field? So I said before that when someone buys, in the case of Menashe, Menashe buys the first field. I can't collect from him because when he bought the field, there was a second field available. What if after he bought it, the second field gets destroyed? There's a flood. Can I now go to Menasha? Do we say, right now, he's the only field available. The other field got destroyed. Or do you say, no, when he bought it, there was another field. So he could, let's say, I, I, I wouldn't have bought it under this situation. That's the question. So the Gemara says, <clears throat> Well, Well, go to that case. What was the case that we just quoted? I have two fields. I, I sell, sell the first one to Anasha, and then I sell the second one to Adam, and Adam, and then the wife signs off that she won't collect. She loses her ksuba. Why? Can't collect from Adam because she says she won't. Can't collect from Anasha because when he sold it, there was another one available. Now, isn't this similar? Isn't me selling the second field similar to a flood happening? And you see in both cases, I mean, the same way in this case, she can't go back to Menashe and say, well, listen, I want to collect from you. Why? Because he's going to say, when I, when I bought the field, there was another one available. So too, if the other field, instead of it being sold to Adam, if it got flooded, it should be the same thing. You see that you can't collect. When you bought it, if there was another field available, you can never go to that guy. The Gemara is assuming there's no distinction between the second field having a flood and me wanting to go to Menashe, or the second field being sold to Adam and, and me signing I won't possess from him. They're both the same thing, which is that field is, is untouchable. And what do you see? You can't go to the first guy. So you see you can't go to the first guy. So the Gemara says, <clears throat> And if you feel that after a flood you can go back to the first, you can go back to Menashe and say, I want the field now. So why does our mayor say that she can't collect any ksuba? She can't collect from Adam. She should be able to go to Menashe. Right? So it must be that when right, our mayor said, again, Sold the first one to Menasha, and then sold it to Adam, and he and she said that she won't collect. So what did Mary say? Ibdik suvasa, no more suva. Why? Can't go to him because he sold it. She said she won't collect. And can't go to Menasha because, because when he bought it, there was another one available. So you see that when someone buys it, if there's another one available, I don't care what happens afterwards. You can't go back to that first guy. Okay, it's a good ride. There's a difference, though, between... In that case, she's, it's, she's at fault. She's writing. Okay. So you got the Gemara's answer. Oh. Good for you. No, that's that. <laughs> no, no, that's the Gemara's going to say that in, in a few lines. The Gemara's eventually going to get there. That there's a difference between an act of God where the field is destroyed 
And the woman... And also over here, she signed off on it. So she lost that right, meaning she can't collect from an asher because she hurt herself by signing off to Adam. But in a case where she didn't do anything wrong, there was a flood, whatever, then legitimately she maybe could go to the first guy. That, that would be the distinction. The Gemara is going to say that. But before it gets there, the Gemara first wants to say, maybe in the case of the Brisa, where, she, again, sold to Menasha, then then sold to Adam, and she, she signed off that she won't collect from Adam. So it said, if the Ksuvasa... That means she can't collect the ksuba, can't collect from Adam, can't collect from Anasha. So the Gemara says, perhaps not. Maybe when it says if the ksuvasa means she lost the right to collect the ksuba from Adam. Meaning, maybe if the ksuvasa doesn't mean she she loses her ksuba, it just means she loses the ksuba from Adam. She has to go to Menasha. Which is, it's not the Lashan. The Gemara is obviously going to reject this. It's not what the Lashan means. If the ksuvasa means she lost her ksuba, not she just lost the right to collect from the second one. So the Gemara says, um, that's what it means. When it says she can't collect, it doesn't mean she can't collect. It means she can't collect from the second one. She can't collect from the first one. So the Gemara says, Rav says, I disagree for two reasons. First of all, Ibda means she can't collect the not she can't collect from the second. She can't collect at all. Tanya, the Brisa clearly states, this Brisa clearly states the halacha that if I have a field and I owe someone money and I sell the first one to Menashe and then I sell to the second one to Adam and, and I say that I won't call it from Adam, I cannot go to Menashe. The Brisa clearly states why, because Menashe could say, When I bought the field, I left a field available for you to collect. You can't come to me. So you see that you can't come to that person. So the Gemara says, The Gemara says, although in these cases it's clear, again, we're trying to find out what is the halacha if I sell the field to A, to Menashe, and I have a second field available, then a flood happens. Can I go to Menashe? So we said, well, in these cases, you cannot go to Menashe. In the case where the second person I signed off, I won't repossess from the second one. Can't go to him, can't go to Menashe. So so you see that if you can't go to the second one, you can't go to the first one. The Gemara says, it's not comparable. It's what Alicia said, which is, in, in those cases, you signed off, you won't collect. You hurt yourself. So you can't go to the first guy because you're at fault. But in a case where it's an act of God, where, you know, it gets a flooded, so then you could go to the first guy and you could say, listen, what do you want from me? And he's going to say, well, it's not fair. Well, I'm going to say, well, it's not fair to me either. Like, you know, we're both getting, like, I, yeah, that's life. But in a case where the per, the lady signed off, she won't collect from the second guy. Then she can't go to the first guy. What is he, he's going to say? It's not fair. She's going to. What is she going to say? Well, I, I get it. He's going to say, No, it's your fault. You shouldn't have done that. Why, why did she collect from me? You could collect from the second guy. She says, I can't because I said I won't. Well, who told you to do that? That's a stupid thing to do. So because she's at fault, huh? I understand that, but well, no, that's life. You shouldn't have married. So that's that's the deal. <laughs> So it all works out. It's another hashtag Adam Masker thing. Well, he's dead. I'm really. We get like every five daf, and we get a little gem. I'm a Rav Ravashi. The next page. Right now, we're saying that if if the field gets flooded, you cannot collect from the first guy. Right, that's what we're saying. So if I two fields, I sell it to A, and then the second fields get flooded. The, 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 the people who I owe money can't go to the first guy. That's what we're saying. The problem is, don't we do this all the time? The Gemara is like, we do this all the time, where we allow them to collect from the first guy when the other field gets, gets ruined. What's the proof? I'll give you a story. There was a person who owed money to his friend, and he said, you could collect from this first field. Now, this field 
this field um, this field was a a, a grape uh, what about the, uh, a vineyard yeah and you could collect every year you collect from this is your payment what happens for 10 years you have 10 years of collecting and at the end of 10 years we're good what happens after five years the vineyard dried up in other words a flood happened yeah so what happened what's the halacha the Chazal, the Rabbanon said, go to the first guy who you sold it to. This is Mamish, a case where there were two fields. One was sold, the other one was available for collecting, the vineyard. Now what happens after five years? It got ruined, similar to a flood. And what do they say? So go to the first guy and collect. The guy, the guy that, that bought the property, go collect. So you see, you can go to the first guy after an act of God. So the Gemara says, no, that's not the comparable. Over there, the, guy, the purchaser is at fault. He should know that a vineyard will not last more than five years. A lot of vineyards apparently dry out after five years, and that he should have known that. When it's Mamish an act of God like a flood where he couldn't have seen it coming, the first guy can say, well, when I bought the field, I left you available. And I, how was I supposed to know? But in this case, where the person bought the field and the other field that was available for payment was the vineyard, the guy could say, listen, you knew that there was a possibility I'm going to come to you. Mm-hmm. So because he's at fault, you could. But in a case where it's mamish, like out of nowhere, maybe you can't. Okay. The Hilcha said, what's the halacha? Ishtadif b'nei chari, tarfim The halacha is that if the field gets ruined, you could go to the first guy. That's how we paskin. Okay. Two last sugyas. Amr Abayah. Nixi liyoch v'yachrech l'ployni. A guy writes to a woman... Who's single? It's important that she's single at the time because it's going to change if she's married. He writes to her, "I'm giving you my field, okay? And after you, and after you, after you, after you're done with it, then it goes to someone else." Now, what does it mean, done with it? Done with it means death. I don't know. I guess death, whatever. So, yeah. So you, you you have a single you have Rachel and Leah they're both single oh Rachel's single so he says to Rachel this field is yours and when you're done with it when you die it goes to Leah okay what happens I'm the minister she got married the halacha is in this case where you say the field goes to one person then after that person dies it goes to the second person what if that person sells it. The assumption the Gemara is making is that if you sell it, it's an effective sale. Meaning, you only have to honor my order if it wasn't sold. If you kept it and died, it goes to the second person. But if you sold it, you sold it. When a woman gets married, it's clearly she sold it to her husband. So if a woman gets married, because that was part of the star, that was part of the deal, the star matana. If I give you a gift and I write that I want it to go to the next person afterwards, then you have to listen to me. The same power that gives it to you gives it to the next person. But the Gemara is assuming that if you were to sell it, it would be an effective sale. Step number two, getting married is kilu selling it. Dina's up here. Getting married is kilu you sell it. So when she gets married, even if she dies, it doesn't go to that other person. The husband keeps it. That's the Gemara's assumption. The Gemara says, who's the author again? The Gemara's assumption is that if I tell you the field should go to one person, then the next person... And then you sell it. The first person sells it. It's an effective sale. That's in essence what's happening here. The marriage is like a, a per, is like selling it, and and it's an effective sale. Who's the author of that? That if if I 
you the field, not you. Field A goes to field person. Field goes field goes to person A. And then after person A dies, it goes to person B. If person A sells it, it doesn't go to person B. Who's the author of that? It's actually Machlokes Tanoim. The Gemara says Kiman Ki Haytan Aditanya. The Brisa says Nichsi Lach Veachrech Leplani. If you say Mamish's case, the property should go to A, and then when A dies, it should go to B. But instead of A dying, A sells it. What's the halacha? Rebbe says the second person can actually take it from the buyer. The, first, the second person has rights to it. So if I say it should go to A and then B, even if A sells it, B can take can take it can undo the sale after A's death. That we're not following that opinion. Now what does Rashim Gamliel say? No, a sale is a sale. When you sell it, it's considered. Uh, an effective sale. So our uh, and so our price that says that getting married is like selling is following Rishim Gamliel. Okay. So Abaya who said this is following Rishim Gamliel. The problem is, did Abaya actually follow Rishim Gamliel? Does Abaya actually endorse Rishim Gamliel Shita? You know who's like a like a, an undercover, a low key Russia. He's a Russia, but he doesn't seem to be a Russia. That's the Hamasiyat Zalimker Benachasim Kirshim Gamliel. Someone who follows Rishim Gamliel is a Russia. Why? Because I gave you the field. I, I have two people that I like. I like A and I like B. I'm giving it to A, but I also want B to be happy. So I say to a, B, after A dies, it'll go to B. What does A do? He sells it. According to Rishim Gamliel, it's an invalid sale. Like guy's a Russia. Because he knows that that's not what I wanted. He knows I gave him the gift. He should honor my. Yeah, it works, but he's a jerk. So how could Abayah say a Brisa that follows Roshim Gamliel? Doesn't he hold Roshim Gamliel's uh, following Roshim Gamliel's Arasha? So the answer is, Mi kamer tinasi nizis He never said that you should do this. He said he never said she should get married. If she got married, <laughs> I mean, you're right. It's not the nicest thing to do in the world. It's still valid. Abayah is not saying to follow Roshim Gamliel on a practical basis. He's saying that it, I passed Roshim Gamliel that if you were to sell it, it would be a valid sale. I'm not saying that it's the right thing to do. There's two things. There's the right thing to do, and then there's whether it's effective. It's effective. Uh, yeah, I was going to say also, like, that's also, like, it's a little bit unfair because they should try to get married. Like but... Yeah. I don't know, it's an interesting because like, they... It... Yeah, it's an interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, one more halacha. Amr Abaya. Nechsi lach v'achrach Again, the same thing. He says the field should go to A and then after A dies it should go to B. Umachra, and then she sold it, and then she died. Habal the husband. So here's the deal. This is we said before that the husband can. Uh, the husband, if the uh, okay. So we said before that if you sell it to A, if you give it to A, and then after A dies, it goes to B. If A sells it, it's a valid sale. This is different now. Notice the differences. A sells it. A sells it to to John. A's husband can now take it from John, but then what happens? Then John takes it back. And it's this it's starting this circular thing. The husband can take it from John, but John can take it from the husband. I'm sorry. Actually, I'm sorry. I missed it. The husband of A can take it from John. Then B can take it from the husband, and then the buyer can take it from B. So it's this, but here, unlike the Mishnah where it's a circular thing and, and it doesn't stop, it stops at the buyer. So meaning, A sells it to John. A's husband takes it from John. B takes it from A's husband. John takes it back from, 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 uh, from, 
from whoever had it last be, and it stops by there. It stops by John. So it eventually goes to the buyer. So the Gemara has a, a, a couple problems. First of all, why in our Mishnah, our Mishnah, when we start this ball rolling, it doesn't stop until Bezdin intercedes. Why over here does it stop by the buyer? So the answer is, Over there, the, the, the difference is very simple. In the case of the Mishnah, right, what was the case of the Mishnah? This is, my brain is fogging up. The Mishnah's case was, uh, oh yeah, yeah, I have a field, uh, it's two wives, one field. Um, I sell the field, and then the first wife says she won't collect. So the second wife takes it, but then the first wife takes it from the second wife. The buyer takes it from the first wife. And it's, uh, the reason why it keeps on going is because who's getting messed up in the case of our Mishnah? Like, who's, who's getting hurt? Everybody. Each woman is money owed, that they're owed. The buyer bought a field everyone's getting messed up and everyone has some sort of right to it. So because everyone's getting messed up, we don't want to just settle on one person. So we say Bezdin has to get involved. In this case, who's getting messed up? Only one person, the buyer. It's a gift. right? This is a gift. The guy gave a gift to A and then said, after A, it should go to B. They're not getting messed up if they don't get it. It's a gift, whatever. So because you don't get the gift. The only one who's getting messed up is the buyer. He spent money. So because the buyer is the one getting messed up, we'd rather, when everyone in this circle, we're just going to have this circle stop on him. Okay. Now, one last problem. Here's the problem. It's a bit of a contradiction in Abaya. Both these cases, yep. You have case number one, which is a guy says to a girl, this field is yours, and then after, after you die, it goes to B. And then she gets married, we said it automatically goes to the husband, because the husband is like a buyer. This case, same case, guy says to a girl, here's your field, and then afterwards it goes to B. She sells it, the halacha is the husband could take it from the seller, but then B takes it from him. Why don't we just say that when she gets married, it goes to him? I thought that's the deal. When you get married, it goes from A to her husband. Why in this case... When the, she sells it, the husband has to take it from the buyer, and then the second takes it from him, and then it goes back to the buyer. I thought when she gets married, it goes to the husband automatically, because he's like a purchaser. You understand the problem? I mean, both these cases seem to be identical, but in the first case, when she gets married, it goes to her husband. In the second case, she sells it to John. Her husband could take it from John, but then B can take it from him, and John can take it from her. I don't understand. I thought when she gets married, it automatically goes to her husband. Like, end of, end of discussion. So the answer is, this case, she's already married. Meaning, there's a difference between getting this field as a gift when you're single. When you're single, and she and you don't know the person's going to get married, then when they get married, it automatically goes to the husband. This case, she was already married. So when he wrote to her saying, I want this to be a gift, it's his way of saying, I don't want your husband to get it. Because you know she's already married. When you're single and you give it to her, okay, so you don't, there's no husband to exclude. So when she gets married, it's like she sold it to her husband. In this case, she's already married. If you go to a married woman and say, I want this gift to be for you, that means to the exclusion of your husband. So it doesn't automatically go to the husband. That's the, that's the explanation. Yeah. That's why it doesn't automatically go to the husband. The Gemara says, When you give it to a married woman and you say, I want it to go after you, I want it to go to B, that's your way of saying, I don't want it to go to your husband. You could say to the exclusion of your husband if you make a kinyan with someone else. Someone else will have to make a kinyan for her, but yeah. Uh, So, right, so she's not doing the kinyan. 
That is a good point. They don't speak that out, but a third person would have to make a kinyan chalupin for her. Practical halacha, I don't know, according to the Gemara, but yeah. Meaning, you have this problem, by the way, with, with Lulav and Esrig, with like kids, that whatever they acquire automatically goes to their parents. So like a 13-year-old kid who's, who's being supported by the parents. So how do they ever, like when I was younger, and like really like from when I was in Yeshiva, so everything I buy, even if I spend my own money, you know, because of my father, I thought Esrig has to be Lachem. So the, the Pais can say, if you go to a third person and have the third person acquire the Lulav and Esrig for you, not... And not having the father needing, and the, having the father, the, having in mind the father can't be kind of it, it works. And it works for the wife as well. Okay, just to finish up the parak, the Mishnah said that this circular problem, I'm going to use the article for this last thing because my brain is foggy at this point. Um, the last thing the Mishnah said, v'chein bal chayv, and v'chein isha bal chayv. What, what's the case? So I'll just read you the article just because I, I, can't, I can't remember what the case is. The case is as follows. Shimon owed Reuven 100 zuz. Okay. Shimon owes Reuven 100 zuz. Shimon owned two fields, sold them both to buyers for 50 zuz each. So Reuven should collect both those fields and recoup his money. Okay. Reuven then relinquishes rights to collect from the second buyer. It's the same thing as the Mishnah, just instead of a ksuba, it's with the Valchayv. So Reuven went to the second buyer and said, I won't, I won't take from you. He then takes from the first buyer. Okay. 50 zuz. Now he still owed 50 bucks. The first buyer. I now remember. The first buyer then goes to the second buyer, takes it from him, then Reuven takes it from the first one, because he said he won't collect from the second, he said he won't collect from the first. Now the second buyer takes it from him. Then the first takes it from the second, then he takes it from the first. And it's back. We'll stop you. Hajj Allah, Misha Yanasa, we'll stop you. And we'll pick it up on Yom Tif, Um